This is the PMP Industry Insider Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome out to another episode of the PNP Industry Insider Podcast, where we look at what is changing in the industry and we take you to the front lines to those that are driving those changes in the industry. My name is Donnie Shelton, owner of Triangle Home Services, which has Triangle Pest Control as well as Triangle Lawn Care, as well as the CEO of Colmarch, which offers digital marketing and sales services for the home services industry, specifically in pest and lawn. And with me, as always, is Mr. Should I say, by the way, I'm going to say this now, Dan. We did not record. This is for all our listeners. We did not record last week because Dan actually got COVID. Uh, I hope he doesn't mind me. Is that some sort of HIPAA? Is that am I am I breaking a law right now by doing that? Pro- probably. I'll find yeah, out. Yeah. What have legal action. So, so Dan is still alive, in case you're wondering. And Dan is with us today. Mr. Grant, grateful. Sounds like he he's kind of on the up and up, maybe. But Dan, go ahead and introduce yourself. And let's not. Yeah, that's uh, Dan Gordon. Uh, managing partner of PCO Bookkeepers, fractionalized CFO work, uh, PCO M&A specialists, um, exit planning. And uh, yeah, I have been to hell and back with COVID and I am on my way back right now. Uh, and I, I feel like um, it's it's pretty much over. Uh, for those of you who are wondering, yes, I was vaccinated, and yes, I did get COVID after I got vaccinated. So, <laughs> so to, to clear that right up, um, but and by the way, I am in no way telling people not to get the vaccine because I can only imagine what it would have been like without. But uh, so there we have it, and um, you know, it's not a political statement; it's just a statement. So, Isn't it ironic because you know this podcast got started with with the Rona, and and here we are, a, well, a year and a half later, and and you know talking about Corona, and now we're now we're actually well, I, I felt you know we, we we really needed to change up the podcast and really live what we're talking about. So live <laughs> <laughs> what we started. Yeah. Well, you know. Uh, as always, if you like what you hear with our podcast, we'd love for you to review us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you uh, consume the podcast at. And today's topic is one that's near and dear to my heart, <clears throat> something I care a lot about. It was one of the things that I think when I first got in the industry, I really, really cared about, and I still do to this day, and that is technology. And so today we're going to be talking about how to supercharge your office, the technology advantage in the office. And I thought I would bring on probably one of the best people that I know and aware of in the industry, Mr. Josh Baker. He's the Chief Administrator Officer for Triangle Pest Control, aka Triangle Home Services. And so big disclaimer here, he actually does uh, work for me, but uh, Josh is fantastic. If you've ever met him or talked to him or seen kind of what he's done, typically the way it works is I have an idea and Every now and then, I, I'm somehow, somehow, I'll do some sort of proof of concept, and then Josh takes it to a whole nother level. So, very excited to have you here today, Josh. Welcome to the podcast. Um, any, and so I think probably the best thing to do is just give the audience a little bit about your background and then how you came to become the Chief Administrator Officer for Triangle. Thank you, Don. Happy to be here. Make me sound really good. I'm blushing right now, so I'm going to figure out how to how to top the intro um, i guess i guess I won't, I won't bore everybody with my my whole life story but um i started before i was working at triangle i was in i did a little bit of door-to-door sales construction 
and things like that. And, and starting at Triangle specifically, um, I started as just because I, I needed a job, something different uh, in sales, at least, and um, started on the phones, customer service, inside sales. And um, I mean, it was real basic, but it, it was 10, 10 years ago and it turned into what it is now. And um, I'm just just really happy to be here. And a great so just just so everyone knows, um, Josh in at Triangle is over our inside sales teams as well as our CSRs. And there's a few other roles that sit under that. But but just a quick story. Josh is absolutely correct. I remember when he started. Uh, he started with another guy. We hired him at the same time. The guy's name is Kyle. Um, and one of my favorite quotes from Josh was like, I'd ask him how he's doing. He's like, snapping necks and cashing checks. So it was great. Uh, <laughs> I just remember hearing that. I was like, I like that guy. <laughs> so anyway, um, so let's, uh, yeah, so let's get into that. And Dan, do you want to just kind of start with the first question here? Yeah, sure. So um, what exactly does a chief administrative officer do? What, what, you know, when you get to work, what do you, what are you looking at? What do you do all day? And uh, what do you get ready for tomorrow? Uh, I would say it's, it's kind of, I don't want to give the textbook definition of chief administrative officer. Um, but I'm, I'm looking at numbers, uh, how many leads we get in. It's mainly all around sales, customer service, just looking at all the KPIs. But um, it's really, I mean, the team brings the numbers when you have a really good team. It, uh, it becomes a lot easier, but it's, it's mainly looking at, at what's next is how I view my role. Is looking at what's coming down the road. Um, how can we accomplish what we need to do with what we have now? And do we need to implement anything to make it happen? And do we need more people? Who do we need? Make sure making sure the, the bus is good and the right people are on the right seats in that bus. Or that's the simplest way I can put it. And, and just to be, I was going to say, just to be clear here, um, I, I think just for our, our audience, we should probably clear up a little bit. So we have an inside sales team. We have an outbound sales team. So so inside sales covers kind of inbound, inbound calls. Our uh, outbound team, as you can imagine, are making calls. And then we have CSRs. We have a recently um, a new position, like a route manager of some sort. And, and Josh, you're gonna, I'm sure you're gonna have fun here. Make it fun um, Is there anyone else that that reports to you? I mean, I know we have HR, and we've got a few. We've got like a marketing role, those types of things. But um, am I missing anyone there that sits under that uh, chief administrative officer role? Yeah. So there's um there's marketing, like you mentioned, uh, marketing specialist. We have uh. Which you were mentioning just now as a routing coordinator, we just implemented um, because of all the touch points that <laughs> come with the uh, with the schedule now on the back end, monthly and weekly. We have um, a systems administrator, which is a brand new position. Um, we moved somebody into that role. They um, they manage more of the reporting database things, um, all the data points that we have. Uh, we also have an office administrator, which is checklist all the tasks, all those daily tasks that kind of come about, and then. Yeah, and then we have sales, customer service. Um, that's that's kind of on the front line there on the phones. So I'm gonna I'm gonna monologue here just for a moment, and I'm gonna let Dan talk for a bit. But I just want to make a point here for the audience. You know, one thing I learned early on is that the office is probably one of the most underutilized positions. I mean, underutilized pieces of the business 
yet is probably the most critical and essential. You know, if you've got a well-running, organized office that executes, you know, it's the one thing in your business that touches every single part of your business. You know, technicians, billing, scheduling, everything runs through the office. And I'm always surprised when I visit with companies how many don't have standardized checklists. And so early on, one of the things that I did is I created a daily checklist, a weekly checklist, and a monthly checklist. And I, I had actually printed it out and I required that it be completed every single day. And I'm sure Josh can tell you this. And we used to have call scripts. And I would can someone over not finishing, completing, or not following a checklist just because it was so critical. And so, Josh, obviously you have picked it up from the days when I used to do it and the paper copies and they would all get turned in. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, I want to get into how you have leveraged technology, um, you know, really to keep things organized and to keep, you know, the teams performing. And I think, you know, I'm a little bit off script here, but what would you consider to be, you know, if I'm out there and, and I've got my office and, you know, let's just say I am using checklists, I am following through, what would you consider to be kind of like the key things that are like the must haves in the office? Um, I would say going back to what you just said, a call script. Um, if you have salespeople on the phones, if you sell over the phones or just CSRs in general, they need resources. Um, they need it in front of them. They need it available. They need it to be quickly, like right in front of their face. Um, I know we did standardized uh, screens for our CSRs. Um, they had to have the tabs up at all times. Working from home, it's a little bit harder to do that, but we would uh, we would check those on a daily basis um, in the past. But yeah, call scripts, make it interactive, make it have a knowledge base, um, different things like that. Some kind of searchable um, written database of, of information that they can access quickly. It's kind of a must have. So you actually have a call script that pops when somebody's on the phone. And if somebody calls for yellow jackets, is there a call script for yellow jackets or is it the, you know, uh, uh, just the, the standard service that you're going to sell the, the, the contract? Yeah, so that's a, that's a there's a longer story to that. And I'll try to keep it as brief as I can. But the uh, we, we always had money mission, the paper copies in the past. And we always had a really good script, a really good intro and a really good pitch as long as they wanted pest control and they were a homeowner. And because it was that's what was on the piece of paper. Um, but we if somebody had a problem with bed bugs or somebody had a problem with termites, you'd always see somebody leaning back and what do I do in this case? What do I do in that case? And because they had a paper copy in front of them. So um, we eventually went to more of an interactive kind of interface like that. So if a customer asks a question about yellow jackets or if a customer asks a question about something we don't cover, they could just click a button and they would go to a script. They wouldn't see all the other riffraff in front of them that they didn't need to see. And it would it would kind of cater to what the what the customer how many, how many different scripts how many different scripts do you have? Oh man, that's <laughs> it's it's endless, and the possibilities with something interactive like that it, it does get to where you can you can do pretty much whatever you want to. But I mean, I anytime we hear something that we don't have a script for, we add a script for it. Um, so so let me just be clear here for the audience. <clears throat> We don't do paper scripts anymore. Can you just, uh, just for the sake of the podcast here, tell folks what we're using and how it works briefly? Because I, I agree with you. I think call scripts are absolutely essential. And the reason I do is because I've seen it over and over again. When folks follow the script, they sell more. When they monologue and kind of go off script, 
they, their sales go down overall. And, and then I want to come back to this knowledge base thing and let's talk about that software as well and, and why having a knowledge base is so useful in the office. So let's start with that and then we'll come back to the knowledge base. Yeah, so the scripts that we use is the call scripts through Colmarch and it integrates with the phone system. So when they answer the phone, as soon as they answer it, it pops up in front of them and it actually has everything integrated in with it. So as they so navigate index, through the script. Index and somebody says mm -hmm. yellow jackets and I click on yellow jackets. Okay. Yep, and it has all their information and fills in the uh, script and everything. So it's as interactive as they can possibly get. And mm -hmm. they go, they ask the question and then breaks off at a certain point. So they ask the question they hit the button, it goes to the next script based on what the customer's telling. So um, it's it's actually really cool and it, it saves a lot of time flipping through. We used to have these red books in the past and we used to, have to flip through these red books. And I know Donnie can laugh at that, but I have one. <laughs> yeah, it's, and it had all these different service descriptions. So it, it eliminates uh, the guesswork on uh, a lot of that stuff and it, it really gets the message across. Um, but it pops up in front of them, all the information, they only have to type it once. It goes over to, uh, the CRM, everything is everything's pretty streamlined there. Um, knowledge what do you mean? Wise, what do you mean it goes over to the CRM? So the call script so pops. You read, okay, this is what we do for Yellow Jackets. This is, you know, uh, you know the the process that we go through. And you know, I've got an appointment on Tuesday. Great, let's take it. And then what happens once you actually make the sale? Yeah. So once they save all those notes um, in the phone system. Uh, for that phone call in the script, it will actually, it's integrated in with the CRM, so all those notes, uh, any lead records for new customers, it'll add the account in if, if it needs to. Um, it's all done through there, so there's no there's no double and triple typing like we've, like we've done in the past with the systems. It, um, yeah, it's just, it's just one direction all the way through. And then that information will actually come back to the phone system as well. So um, yeah, it eliminates a lot of the check boxes that they have to check and a lot of the back and forth. So it's um, we get that data that we need those data points to uh, to see kind of how they're doing. So I just want <clears throat> to jump in here real quick because this is an important point. I, you know, in, in I've just seen this in the past. You know, a lot of folks who own pest and lawn companies, they come from operations. And if you look at their service departments, they are tight. They're great, right? They're watching chemical, their service procedures are great. Um, <clears throat> but their offices, like, you know, things that guys cannot or gals cannot get away with in the field, it's just like it, those same rules don't apply in the office. And I, I want to bring this back around to what Josh was saying. You know, one of the things that we realized early on in the office is that time is, you know, that's really what we're selling and we've got to be very efficient with time. And so bringing back what Josh said in terms of how this works, if someone calls in, you know, the CRM is actually queried. And if that customer, that phone number exists in the database, that's what information pops up. So as soon as they answer the phone, they know who they're talking to. If it's a new call, then it'll come back to the normal screen and someone can look something up. But at that point, they are totally reading the script on the screen. And depending on what, or, you know, whatever the answers are, that script gets changed based on either past or you know current customer or new customer, you know depending on what path they go down. Um, so <clears throat> let's talk a little bit about the technology pieces that you have. And and I am not trying to be self-serving here. You could use any call script software that you want, but at, you know call script for Colmarch. You also talked about the phone system. What phone system are you guys using and why? Uh, it's call tracking metrics. Um, I love call tracking metrics just because it's a data heavy 
system. You get a lot of tracking out of it, call times. Um, you can set up custom queues and you can set up a number to route to this place and not that place. I mean, it just, it's endless possibilities. If, if you want to do it, you can set it up in there. Um, but they, they kind of give you the freedom to, to really set it up like you, like you want to. And they have templates that you can use as well. So I, I love call tracking metrics and it's, it scales with the business. It doesn't, you don't pay a flat rate every single month. It's, it's based on how much you actually talk on the phone. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I can't talk enough about call tracking metrics. I love it. And, and I will tell you as a marketer, I love CTM. And by the way, this is not a CTM love fest, right? I mean, there's other platforms you can use, but um, <clears throat> you know, CTM from a marketing perspective is a dream come true. And I want to spend some time on this. And I know Dan wants to talk about this as well. So I'm going to, I'm going to turn it over to him here in a moment. But from a marketing perspective, one of the, one of the greatest things about CTM is that you can use context switching phone numbers uh, online and you can track from a pay per click ad. You can track from a, a click on the web and that gets tied directly to the call. And so you know valid, you know, exactly like, okay, this person clicked this. And this turned into a phone call. And then, of course, once you have everything integrated with your CRM, you can follow that all the way down to a cell. And so, Josh, why don't you just take a moment, introduce the concept of, of closed loop marketing, um, why it's important. And Dan, I'm going to let you just kind of pick over in terms of questions, because I know you want to dig into this quite a bit. Yeah, closed loop marketing, my experience with it anyway, where it started was um, I remember I heard actually, Tani, I heard you say it a long time ago, um, years back. And I, I remember it kind of stuck with me on like what closed loop marketing is and what it could be and what the whole thing is. So we wanted to track. We were we were spending this amount. We knew we could spend this amount. And we could get this um, this amount of leads with it. And we had this conversion rate and everything. But it, it kind of got to a point where it was like, how do we make it better? Like, how do we know what we're spending? How do we how do we do this in, in CTM? we were using it on a kind of a minimal basis. And it was just for tracking numbers. Like Donnie mentioned, switching numbers on the website um, and things like that. But all of our numbers weren't going through there. All the phone calls weren't going through there. Uh, we were just kind of forwarding numbers. And um, so we started digging into features as far as what can we do with CTM. And we found out that we could actually answer the phone in there, which was, which was cool. So we scrapped the phones. We got rid of all the, all the phones and we got everybody headsets and they were answering phones to the computers. But um, the data that we got back, we were we were able to tie sales to actual phone calls, to actual searches and bring it all around to and, and see kind of what buckets we needed to put our marketing dollars in. And all of a sudden now, you, you, when we first implemented, we were getting um, I wouldn't really say we were getting a lot more leads, but we were getting a lot better leads. Like our conversion rate started going up and. We didn't really change a whole lot as far as what we were saying in the office. It was just the, the fact that we were putting our money in better places, I think, because of the way we were actually uh, tracking that data and uh, the feedback that we were getting from. It. So we were seeing where it was coming from. rather than. So one of the bigger things were, uh, you know, PEST is usually an emergency service, so you're going to get phone calls. How do you lawn care, what we see with most of our lawn care, um, clients or that a lot of the leads come through form fills. So how does that work? Um, you mean as far as the, I guess, I, can you repeat the question? 
So, 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 uh, you know, somebody does a Google search and what you were just speaking about is, you know, a, a tracking number pops up, they call it, it comes in, you're able to say, okay, this tracking number uh, was linked to Yellow Jackets. And so they searched Yellow Jackets. But what happens in lawn care is same kind of thing, but it's not an emergency service. So you get a lot more people who say, who fill out the form on the website uh, as opposed to call in. Okay. So yeah, yeah, CTM actually has a feature in there, which is which is really cool. I forgot about it until you said that. It's um all of the forms on our website are actually tied to call tracking metrics. So those forms come in and we have it set to automatically it's this is really cool. I'm actually excited about this. It it calls um our call queue and gets a hold of somebody and says, Hey, we have this person on the line, but is reading the phone number that the person put in the form. So within a matter of minutes, um They've at, at max, they've got somebody on the phone and it reaches out to us to get somebody on the phone and then it says call it the customer. So it calls the customer so we're immediately uh it's you're not waiting on somebody to see that record come through an email or something like that. The call tracking metrics is grabbing that, calling us, getting us on the phone, and then connecting the customer on the other end. So it's speeds that up quite a bit. So yeah, our forms it's integrated in as well with that, and that's that's been a huge so, so essentially, essentially what happens is a lead comes in uh, either through a form fill or a telephone call. The CSR answers it, uh, answers the call or form fill, a script pops up. They read the script. How much latitude do they have to deviate from the script so it doesn't sound robotic? Is there a lot or would you rather... Uh, get the facts straight and sound a little more robotic than, I mean, that's probably more of an art than a science. That is out. Yeah. So certain, uh, we have simplified our scripts. Um, and that's all about the people. It depends on how the, the quality of people that you have, which we have a phenomenal team, but, um, they do have a little bit of flexibility on there, but there's certain details about the service that we just, we make sure through QCs, um, QAs, things like that, that we, um, we make sure they're hitting on a regular basis. But aside from that, I mean, it's your people have to add the flair to it, to the script. So it um, can't kind of deviate away from that. You don't want somebody reading it like a robot, but you also so, um, you want to hit those key points. So, so I want to come back real quick. I want to come back to what we were just talking about because I want to make sure that we're clear here. Um, and just to answer your question, Dan, how do we track form fills? Form fills are probably the easiest thing to track. Right. The challenge in marketing has always been that freaking phone, right? Because the problem is, is that, you know, when you think about marketing in general and you think about, you know, optimizing the dollars that you're spending in marketing and you want to leverage, you know, as much as you possibly can across all platforms, you've got phone calls, you've got form fields, you have text, right? And then you, whatever else you have coming in, whether it be through social or whatever, you have all these different forms in which you can be communicated. And, and in the tech world, this is called kind of the omni-channel. Right. And so what you're trying to do is you're trying to get any way that any customer can contact you through some common platform so that you can track it back to an action, whether it be on the web, a search or whatever, down to your CRM. And so in our case, you know, CTM, which, again, I don't want to spend too much more time on CTM. This is not a CTM love fest here, but that is our omni channel. So if you come in through a form, you come in through a text, you come in through a phone call. In the end, you're still going to filter through CTM and we're still going to be able to track it. Now, what what Josh was talking about is a, a feature we enabled called Form Reactor, where if someone submits a form, 
then that immediately initiates an outbound call from CTM to our team, to our inside sales team. As soon as they pick up that call, it says, hey, we got a lead, press one to contact that lead. They press one and then that sends an outbound call to the person that just completed the form. I remember when we implemented this, this was freaking hilarious. I loved it. People were like, I just submitted the form. How did you call me back this fast? If they were freaked out by it, you know, because <laughs> literally they would complete the form and then 30 seconds later, you know, the phone's going, hey, we got you, right? And so that was- Is, is there any of, pushback on that? The reason I didn't call you and filled out a form no, is because I didn't no, talk to you. No, 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 not at all, not at all. But, but the fact is, is that that form fill still comes through the Omnichannel and we know we're able to tie back. You know, in the past, the challenge in marketing has been, you know, the form fields are pretty straightforward, right? If someone submits a form and you got a name and you got a phone number and you got that same thing in your database as a cell, well, that, that ties back through. But, you know, these phone calls and these texts were kind of free form. Now that they all come in through, you know, the omni-channel, now it doesn't really matter. We've plugged all the holes in which you can contact the company and we have tracking in place for all pieces. And so I just wanted to take a moment and explain that because that's, in order for closed loop marketing to work, in order for you to capture everything, you, you've got to plug all the gaps. And it, whether it's CTM or some other call platform, you know, that really is step one. And then you can build off of it, kind of like what Josh talked about in terms of, you know, adding in these form reactors and those types of things. And so, um, so Josh, I want to come back to real quick. Now you guys are texting through CTM. You're also you're using the form reactor, phone calls, anything else that you're using as part of CTM? Uh, CTM, I would say, no, we're, we're kind of restructuring the way we do phone calls now. Um, call queues, we're doing custom queues, custom menus, and stuff like that. And that's just call routing is all that is. So but no other features right. as far as the information. So this sounds pretty sophisticated. Um, what size company or how many people in the office do you recommend before you fully implement this thing? And, and is it an expensive implementation? What, what uh, you know, uh, it, it sounds to me like, you know, if, if, if you can increase your closing percentage or lower your cost per sale because of it, um, you've got to measure that and, and then it's worth it. But what does the whole thing cost? And if, if I only have one person in the office, do I need something like this? Yeah, I would say absolutely. <laughs> Cost-wise, it's going to depend on how many phone calls you're getting, how long you're spending on the phone. So call times, something you want to track with that, uh, making sure your CSRs inside sales are um, keeping it to a minimum. But yeah, we I would say any size business, I know CTM can scale to whatever size that um, that you need, but it's, it's extremely but Do you important. have to be a programmer to set it up or can you kind of follow a flow chart and make it happen? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's pretty simple setup. There's a lot of data in there. You just have to have the mindset going in that it, it the hardest part is, I would say, the setup process. But um, like I said, we have Hallmark as a resource. Uh, CTM has a really good support staff as well. And um, that whole process, it you have to just, you have to be willing to make mistakes on it a little bit. But the cost wise, I mean, it, it saved us money switching to contract and metrics just because of the pricing model that we follow, where it's um, you pay by the minute. So, all right, this is a little self-serving, but I will tell you this, uh, Colmarch does do an implementation. So if you, do, if you ever decide that you want to go the route of CTM, I will tell you, um, CTM is a software company and they have software company type customer service. I would absolutely recommend. And again, I'm saying this 
because I've seen it happen so many times, use Comarch to help you get it set up because, it, or at least, again, if you go with a different call platform, whoever you use, pay for the setup because trust me, it will save you a ton of time and doing it the right way the first time um, absolutely is is an easier way to get it done. So um, something, something just, just a quick aside, I wanna make sure that people know that because that's it's really important. Yeah, our experience is a little bit little bit different. So I actually went through, I know CTM very well. I went through the setup process myself and I can vouch for what Donnie's saying. Go through the setup process with somebody who knows what they're doing because it, uh, there were a lot of mistakes that we made, but it was it was good. We, we learned a lot from it. So. Yeah. so when you when you're uh, each day you're looking at uh, probably a dashboard. Is that dashboard fully automated, or is somebody accumulating all the data and then putting it in a dashboard for you to look at? And uh, how time-consuming is that? Uh, the dashboards we have now are just um, it's updated once a day. I mean, I'm I'm in the CRM looking at data in real time. Um, so our, as far as call dashboards, call tracking metrics, going back to that, it has a real-time dashboard that agents can look at um, where you can see call times, the hangups, things like that. Um, but yeah, once a day, uh, revenue inside sales, outbound sales, we do a, a kind of a daily upload to Google Sheets right now. We're in the process of setting up Power BI for um, a little more real-time uh, feedback on that stuff. Isn't that a Microsoft product, Donnie? <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this would be Dan Gordon calling me out because I am a huge Apple fan. And yes, that is a Microsoft product. Gotcha. Uh, okay. But it is not. Listen, I'm not, not going to harp on Google Docs and Google. Yeah, Google is the backbone of our office. But yeah, I want to. I do want to take a moment and just for for one thing, I will say this. You know, we're talking about technology accelerators in the office, which is obviously you know, and getting a technology advantage in the office. I cannot, I cannot say this enough, and I just want to make sure it's very, very clear for folks that are listening. You know, one of the things that I really like about Josh, and, and I think he's done a great job in terms of creating a team that does this as well, is that, you know, what really makes technology work and what really helps kind of enable your business is just being curious and being willing and having a staff that embraces change and embraces technology. You know, we have implemented stuff before and it has burned and it has failed. Um, but you know, it's just that that always pushing and being curious and trying to do more. <clears throat> you know, years ago when we were running Pestpack, there was a you know the feature in there called Report Writer, and we just kept you know I'll never forget I did this proof of concept of I actually had a report email to me. I was I was in Jamaica at the time and I just and then I gave it to Josh and then Josh took it to a whole nother level and so. You know, there's another people side. We're talking about technology accelerators, but remember, there needs to be someone in your office who totally embraces technology and who wants to go further because it just doesn't work. I mean, and I say that from experience. I've seen a case where we've given technology to a company and, and the office manager or whoever's running the office is not really into change. And it doesn't work. And so I just want to reiterate the importance of making sure that if you have someone running your office, make sure that they are big on trying to go further in technology because it absolutely is a key lever in organizing and supercharging your office. And so um, so let's let's flip over here real quick and let's talk about organization. Josh, can you spend just a moment talking about First of all, how your people are organized, and then kind of what 
what are the key tools that they're using? Maybe start with the outside sales team because I know a lot of folks have a lot of questions about that. Yeah, outbound sales. Um, I will say at the beginning when we first set up outbound sales, it was more of a kind of a, I guess a side hustle is the best way <laughs> to describe it because they were always back up to our inbound sales. And um, recently we really kind of made it a priority to have their own goals, to have their own, to have everything, take them off the phones basically. So they're, they're no longer in the inbound call queue like they used to be where um, we really kind of dedicated them to, okay, you're held accountable for outbound sales, like hitting these numbers and, and making sure. And I mean, just doing that alone, we've doubled our numbers past year over year, but now we have a sales team lead. We're kind of consolidating our sales department. But yeah, outbound sales has been a big, a big hit and just making that a department and not just a side thing that we do. Like when we're slow, it, it's, it has really been beneficial because if you think about the actual sales flow, um, when inbound sales is hot, that's when people are buying. So why aren't we calling out to, um, why are we waiting until we're slow to, to do that? We can just hire people to, to go ahead and, and upsell people. So it's two different it's personalities, the outbound and inbound, definitely. Oh yeah, it's very different. Yeah, it's, the call flow is completely different because inbound, you're pretty much taking somebody down a path. They've already decided to buy. And you're just you're trying to upsell where you can and get them get them to the right service. With outbound, you have to generate the interest. So the call time is gonna be a lot higher when you get somebody on the phone, but you're trying to you're trying to engage the customer rather than trying to keep them on the line. So it's, it's completely different. An inbound salesperson is not always a good outbound salesperson, and an outbound salesperson is a terrible inbound salesperson uh, because they talk too much. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so they are completely separate roles. Right. 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 So uh, on uh, the Triangle website, you have a, that this quote: "We don't live in the past." There, it's something. Uh, if something is not working, we fix it which kind of seems obvious, but uh, give me an example of something that wasn't working at Triangle that you guys were able to fix. I have a recent example, but I don't, I don't know if this is a fix, like something was not working, but it was, um, it goes back to kind of what we are talking about freedom, um, freedom within the framework, at least the, uh, it was one of our recent CSR meetings we had, we were kind of hitting a wall with retention. They were doing everything that they, they could, everything that was on the procedure and reading the procedure and, and kind of going from there. But the question kind of came up, like, what can we do uh, better? And I, I remember I just kind of just took the procedure out of it and I, I gave everybody homework and just said, I want everybody to come to the next meeting and tell me something you did that was off procedure, like come up with something. Like, what do you think is going to save the customer? Um, one cancellation call because you're going to get one in the next week. What did you do that was different than what we have written, or what? How did you take what we have and, and mold it to? I gave them, I gave them complete freedom to try something new, and um, and it, it and it worked. I mean, we've had in this past month in September, we had I think the lowest all year, um, the lowest cancellation rate we've had. For what a did month. they do? What What was the thing that was effective that that, that you didn't think of that that your, your people did? It was, I mean, there was nothing really different. And that's, that's kind of the point of it. it. I think it was more of the mentality that they could. And it was, they were digging into it a little bit deeper and it was getting past that mental barrier that people have that they put up a wall whenever they, they kind of get to a procedure and they're like, I can't go past here. But I think just knowing that they could, they, they took the deal and like, instead of giving a credit for some, like typically we give like a $30 credit to somebody or a $90 credit, like three months of service. 
instead of doing that, like, well, let's lower their bill for the next six months by $5. Like use that credit in a different way. Um, catering it to how the customer is actually going to listen to it rather than, or catering to how the customer responds to it rather than sticking to the procedure. Like I can do this and I can do that. It's what can we do to save you? Uh, so it's, it's changing their mindset. So can I just add something? I, we should do this. We should have done it. By the way, today is we're recording this on Wednesday. I, I need to call it like Monday, like monologue Monday. I feel like I'm monologuing here a bit, but I want to add context to what Josh is saying because I think it's really, really important. He just said something that we say a lot at Triangle, and I think it needs to be. I think it needs to be explained. He said freedom within a framework. We've had folks out to Triangle, and they look at how our office runs, and they're like, absolutely not. Checklist after checklist after checklist, procedure after procedure after procedure. They're like, it's too fixed, it's too structured. And you know, I, you know, in a previous life, I flew for the military, and and this is a concept that that is that is you know talked about an awful lot whenever you're flying. As you can imagine, there are checklists and procedures that you must use and and you know follow. And if you don't, it's a life or death kind of thing. And so, you know, we talk about freedom within a framework. You know, when you have those things in place, it actually frees your people to think at a higher level and to do things. Obviously, there's procedures, there are checklists, there are standards that you follow, but it's not like they're all robots and they just like if they if they get off script that they don't they stop thinking. It actually elevates their thinking. And so I just want to make that point that you know when you hear this, if you're not as organized and if you're not as structured, if you really want to level up your office, you know, implement checklists standardize a few things and then test, right? Look at your data. Are we improving? Are we getting better? Are we not? And if you're not, then go back to your folks and say, well, how do we make this better? Um, anyway, I just, it's no different than flying an airplane, you know, and, and your office in my mind, if there ever was a place to be organized, if there ever was a place to have checklists in place and procedures, it absolutely is in the office uh, just because of, you know how critical and essential it is to to operating a very well-ran business service company. You know, there's just so many um, so key so many key parts of it. So, all right, we are getting close to the end here, Dan. What one final question from you, and then we're gonna we're gonna yeah, I, just, I I have one question. So one of the things that I see a lot of times is um, people try to implement technology, and if it doesn't work on the first go around, they blame the technology. And so, and, and you know, it, 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 it usually isn't the technology, but, uh, um, you know, it's usually a cultural thing. And I think you addressed it before about uh, being willing to change. What type of people do you hire? And if you hire somebody who is stuck in the reason we do it is because that's the way we've always do, done it. How do you change that mindset or do you just kind of move on from that person? What, 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 what do you think about that? It, yeah, just, it depends on the person. Again, there's, there's not an easy way to answer that one other than just say that um, I always go into any change knowing that I may lose some people. Um, that's always in the back of my mind because I mean, we've lost, we've lost a lot of people and I would say change is probably the biggest reason that we've lost them. Um, mm -hmm. They just create this mindset. They put up a wall, but, but yeah, if, if somebody is, if it's a person holding you back and you have, there's a benefit that outweighs the person, then you need to find a different person. Um, Cause it goes a long way with, uh, 
there's a book I'm reading now that talks about how even just 45 minutes in a room with somebody negative can <laughs> can be contagious to a point where it's um, it'll affect the rest of the team. So yeah, you have to you have to you have to move forward with the people that are willing to move forward. And if somebody's holding you back, give everybody a chance to kind of get get on board with it. But if they can't get on board with it, you just need to need to contact HR and start getting some job applications going <laughs> go from there. And usually less people with that mindset will you don't need as many people when you have a lot of people who are ready to push forward. And I think that's part of, you know, the hiring, you know, when you're screening folks. I mean, one of the things I've always said from day one is the only thing that's going to remain the same is that things are going to change. And, and I've not, I've obviously didn't create that saying and I certainly can't claim that I did, but, but I absolutely can say that, you know, things have changed from when I used to be very, very engaged in the office. And so now I don't, I couldn't tell you every little thing that happens there, but the fact is, is that, you know, the mindset should be always evolving, always getting better, always you know, not to to implement technologies for technology's sake, but but the you know the pursuit of making your numbers better. And in some cases, you know, technology can help you do that. In other cases, it's not a technology issue at all. It's a cultural thing or a people thing. And so, to your point, Dan, I agree with you. If 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 you're implementing new like new software that you know it's proven. Um, you know, oftentimes it's useful to evaluate not only the software, but everything that goes into that. Who's implementing it? What's the culture like? Are they embracing it? Are they not? Um, because like you, I mean, Dan was pretty wise there in saying that. Oftentimes there's a lot more to the story than just the software. That's the easy culprit. Right. <laughs> so, right. We see it all the time. Well, we do. Well, Josh, this has been outstanding and fantastic altogether. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. It's a pleasure to have you. And, and yeah, one me. question that I have is uh, if folks want to reach out to you after listening to the podcast, I'm not going to publish your name and number here on the podcast, but would you be willing to just speak to them or give them uh, a little bit of your time? Would you be willing to do Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Dan, any parting thoughts before we finish out here? No, I think that uh, that about covers it. I think if you th this this is a really important podcast, and I think if you listen to it a couple of different times, because Josh, we've seen him in action, we've seen what he's done, and um, it's the real deal. And um, you know, um, I think that um, you're paying a lot of money for your marketing. Um, don't waste those leads. You know, you've got to make sure that you optimize every single dollar you spend, and that means turning a, a lead into a, a, a sale and, and this technology and uh, the ability to follow up through this technology is extremely important. Awesome. Thank you very much, Dan. And Josh, again, thank you very much for being on the podcast. Just a reminder to everyone who's listening, um, all the resources and topics that we talked about today on the podcast are going to be available on pmpindustryinsider.com. Just look under show notes and you'll see the notes here for this, uh, for this show that we did. And Josh, if there's any resources you want to add to that, I mean, I'm sure we'll link up CTN and call scripts and a few other things. <clears throat> but if there's anything you want to add to that, just let us know. We'll put that up as well. And just one final reminder, if you enjoyed this show uh, or any of our shows, please take a moment to read and review us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher. And with that, we're signing off. Thanks again. And we'll see you all next time. Thanks again, Josh. Take care, Dan.